guys, and welcome into a brand new installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Maller. And as always, we're brought to you by the friendly folks over at CG Sports Network. And we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. Now, I am just beyond excited to be welcoming on a, a story, a story that is Johnny Quinn. Now, Johnny was born into the football world that is the state of Texas. And despite having these massive, massive dreams of pursuing a career within professional football, he had those dreams taken away from him and had to pivot, had to change, had to find new ways to really excel and really drive his competitive energy into something different. And lo and behold, the sport of bobsleigh came along. And you're going to hear all about Johnny's incredible story here within this particular episode. So much incredible content to take away from this, and I'll certainly summarize and highlight one or two of those key things at the conclusion of the episode. But please listen out for Johnny's willingness to almost embrace the opportunity to go through adversity. It's almost as if every time adversity was presented to Johnny, he was able to look at the situation, keep his mind open, and just take advantage of the options that were presented to him. He never closed doors to the potential for something different that would allow him to maybe pursue excellence, find success in ways that maybe he never intended to when he first started out. So just a fantastic interview, incredible discussion, and I'm just excited to bring you guys along for the ride here with Johnny Quinn, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we jump into this particular episode, I encourage you to go to careercompetitor.com where you can conveniently find all of my episodes provided there. You can also connect with me through the website as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this particular episode and just hear from you in general. Maybe you or someone you know would be a great candidate to come on the show as well. In the meantime, whatever podcasting platform you're listening to is on, make sure you're subscribed to the show, following us. And of course, leaving us a rating as well. This is paramount, especially if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Take the time just to click the fifth star. I would love a five-star rating if you don't mind. And it really helps us continue to expand the show. So please take the time to do that. And of course, give us a follow on Instagram, career underscore competitor. Okay, well, I am uh, beyond excited, honestly, uh, to, to be bringing on Johnny Quinn to the Career Competitor Podcast. Johnny, first and foremost, how are you today, brother? I'm doing great. Steve, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and you have a story to tell, and for for our listeners, they know by this point, we are a storytelling podcast, and as much as we want to bring out so many of these fantastic examples and characteristics that you provide when it comes to just being an incredible competitor across so many different areas as we're about to learn, let's just start right in terms of where your wheelhouse is. I know you tell your story a lot, so let's hear that story. I'd love just to fill our listeners in on exactly who we're talking to today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you grew up in Texas, and in Texas, you play football. That's what you do if you're involved in sports. And so um, made my journey through Texas high school football, went to the University of North Texas um, on a football scholarship, uh, but also walked onto the track and field team because I knew I needed to get faster if I wanted to play in the NFL. Mm. Had a wonderful career at UNT. We went to three bowl games. Uh, we won three conference championships, and I left as the school's all-time leading receiver. Mm. Um, entered the NFL in 07. I was an undrafted free agent uh, with the Buffalo Bills. 
uh, got cut, uh, went to the Green Bay Packers in 08, got cut again. And then I went to the Canadian Football League, spent a, there, a, a year there with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Mm. Steve um, blew out my knee and yeah. got cut a third time, right? And I'm sure we'll kind of unpack what, what that's like and how do you battle sure. that. Um, and so, I, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm three cuts in. I've got a blown out knee and my agent's like, hey, Johnny, you look like damaged goods on paper, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm beat up. Right. And so the, the door of football closed. And Steve, that was... Um, that was tough because I, you know, I, it's a sport I grew up playing. I was good at it. Right. And then now nobody wants me mm-hmm. and, and that was tough to process. And what was interesting is I still knew I, I had something left in the tank mm-hmm. and uh, my, some things started to line up. My, my mom, one of her coworkers was a Bob Slutter back okay. in the day. And then my agent at the time, uh, he represented a Bob Slutter back in the day. <laughs> and, you know, as, as you and I know, and, and all our listeners, the sports mm-hmm. background knows there, there's no NCAA level bobsledding, right? You don't, you, you can't go to college for <laughs> bobsledding. So they recruit from football and uh, they recruit from all sports, but sure. uh, football and track and field kind of, you kind of have that build as an athlete. And so mm. doing both in college, I kind of fit that mold. Mm. And um, I remember I'm talking to my agent. He goes, Johnny, there's been two people ever to play in the NFL and compete in the winter Olympics. First guy to do it was a guy by the name of Herschel Walker. And so I'm thinking, you know, if, if Herschel did it, yeah, (laughs) you know, how do you do this? Sign me up. (laughs) And so, you know, it's an unbelievable story. I'm having this conversation with this driver at the Olympic training center. He's, 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 you know, saying, Hey, why don't you come out here in a couple months, you know, push a bobsled around, right? See if you like it. And I said, look, I'll come out. But if my agent finds a football team, Steve, I'm, I'm out of here, right? right? I'm not going. Right. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back to football. Right. True story. One month before team trials, uh, or before I was supposed to go, go get this up mm-hmm. um, and, and try out Bob's sled, I get a phone call from this driver. Mm-hmm. And they moved everything up you know, a month. And he goes, Johnny, would you consider coming up now and competing in the U.S. four-man team trials? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, wh- when's the race? Right. He goes, it's in two days. I, I said two days. You got to be right. kidding me! I've never. I live in Texas. We don't get any right. snow, right? I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I play football. Right. And uh, he goes, Johnny, 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 Johnny. All you have to do is get inside the sled. And so, tr- Steve, true story, true story. My first time ever on ice was at the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, New York, at the U.S. four-man team trials, and we took third place. Wow. Right. It, it was unbelievable, unreal. And so that started my bobsledding journey and career in 2010. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, um, I became a United States Olympian, had a mm-hmm. chance to wear the red, white and blue and represent Team USA on, on the world's greatest stage athletically. And, and it was just remarkable, mm-hmm. Steve, re- remarkable to you know, have my first career um, really be a train wreck. Right. right here I am, 26 years old, right. three cuts. I lost $2.6 million in NFL contracts, a blown out knee. Mm-hmm. And at age 30, when in the world of pro sports, right, they start to call, you know, 30 old. Right, right. To, to become a United States Olympian, mm-hmm. to walk in opening ceremonies, mm-hmm. right? It, it was just, it, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. 
Mm-hmm. See if it was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Texas football player turned Olympic bobsledder. There's not right. many many of those floating it's, around. You're one of a kind, man. <laughs> yeah. You're one of a kind. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And so much to unpack there. And yeah, the, the something you said there towards the end of, of having your initial career just mm. pretty much torn to shreds yeah. and then in such a in a moment where you had so little time to really think to overanalyze anything you suddenly committed to something that you were uneducated on and experienced yeah. that yeah but you just there's something inside of you at that moment that's telling you that this is the right thing what is what is that thing what is yeah. that voice where 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 did that message come from from within you that said this is the right thing for me to do in this moment yeah i think there's two parts to that question steve what was interesting is you know, after my first cut, he, here's he, here's what I needed to find out to be true. And I think all of us struggle with this. When something you're good at gets taken away, not on your terms, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's this gasping. There's this, you know, this this feeling of, of things being unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's disappointment, right? There's anxiety. There's worry. There's depression. There's all these things that add up. And so, Steve, I, I was on this journey to figure out, okay, I've had this massive failure in my career, right? I'm 20, I'm fresh out of college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, football's now been taken away. I've, I've lost this, this three-year deal that I signed with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what I needed to find out, Steve. I needed to know, are there other men and women who are further down the road of life than I am at this mm-hmm. point? Mm-hmm. Have they overcome massive failure before, right? Because this is a massive failure to me. Sure. You know, we all, we all, we all, um, we we all classify success and failure differently. So for sure. me, this is this is a huge failure. My career, right. my career done. Absolutely. And at, at this at this point, I became. Here's what happened. I became an avid reader, an avid reader. I started reading autobiographies. I started reading books on on men and women who, um, historical figures mm-hmm. who have done amazing things with their with their life. And Steve, here's what I found out. This is un- unbelievable. What I started to realize is that these men and women who have done wonderful things with their career, their profession, the relationships that they have in family, in the community, whatever, um, they failed before. Yeah. They, they, they've had these massive setbacks. And so uh-huh. it was kind of as much as I hated getting cut and mm-hmm. I missed those contracts, it was kind of this like reju- like, like this, this uh, I got re-energized mm-hmm. and when I started to understand, wait a second – you have to go through these setbacks in life to springboard you to future success. Mm-hmm. And the more I started consuming that content and, and, and learning about men and women who've done this before, mm. I, I actually kind of realized, Steve, I was on the path to accomplishing something big mm-hmm. because I, I'm going to not sulk in my disappointments or failures. Right. I'm, I'll mourn with it, but I'm going to learn from it. Right. And so when bobsledding came up, so that's part one. I became an avid reader. One, I, I needed to know, um, can you recover from a failure? Mm-hmm. And the epiphany was, not only can you recover, Steve, it's actually kind of a prerequisite. That, 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 that's the path, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah. so as weird as this sounds, I kind of realized I was on the right path, you know, as mm-hmm. much as I wanted my NFL career to go differently. So that's the first part. Became an avid reader, um, understood I was on the right path. The second part is, when Bob Sledding came up, you're right. Um, unknown, right? Uh, I don't. How do you even do it? Is your, are your arms out here? They. I mean, you know, there's nothing here. Right. But, but here's what I, I here's what I knew. Ultra performers, 
men and women in sport and business, it doesn't matter. Here's what they do. They take action, Mm. right? They gather as much information as they possibly can, and they make a wise decision. Mm. And so as I was gathering my information, understanding that there is no more football, it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding that, that there is an opportunity. It's unique. But it's on my doorstep. And I talk about this in a lot of my keynotes is, mm. you know, am I, are, are you available for an unexpected opportunity, right? If you told mm. me growing up in Texas that one day I'd be a bobsledder for the United States of America, <laughs> Steve, I'd say you're crazy, right? Right, right. Um, but, but here it is. And this is, a, this is a fundamental element that ultra performers consider and walk through is that when an unexpected opportunity presents itself, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Or are you um, are you available? Mm-hmm. Or here's the flip side of the coin: Are you under the mindset of, well, you know, this is the way things always are. You know, I'm, you know, everybody that I do life with doesn't do anything different. Um, you know, first one didn't work out. I guess I'm. I guess just didn't work out. Sure. No. Are are you available? For pursuing an unexpected opportunity and if you answer yes to that steve what happens it sets in motion new dreams new goals new directions mm-hmm. and looking back now as i look back on my football career my olympic career i can see it clearly looking back right when you're in it i call it the messy metal That's- there's confusion there's uncertainty there, there's a little bit of embarrassment there's Absolutely. you know oh my gosh but a foundational truth is you've got to take action yeah. You have to take action. Yeah. I love I I love the be, being available for the unexpected opportunity. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm writing that down and I'm probably going to write it a few more times. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, for me for me this is something that we've definitely discussed on this show before. But I think the presence of mind to to know to again what you just added on there to know when to actually act. Yeah, it's great. It's great admitting and and being accepting to the more unexpected opportunity, but then the next step is actually taking action. Taking and, action. Yeah. yeah, and that that is that's the that's the in, in so many versions of life. And here we are. We've already referenced your experience being so unique, so one of a kind. I think so many of these one or two percent examples and you're certainly probably even less than one percent in terms of what you've what you've become there had to be this moment where you were willing to take action and so few probably were not because such does it has it ever made you wonder that maybe this opportunity has been there for other people before you i mean have you ever have you ever started to think that way because i i can only assume that it must have right yeah yeah. And you know, you, yeah. And, and so, I, I, Steve, you're unpacking something beautifully here in that, okay, if, if, if these unexpected opportunities have been in front of people before and they haven't walked through it mm. or, um, you know, I guess accepted the challenge, right? Whatever we want to call it. Right. I think the question we need to ask is why? Mm. What were they, you know, one, not aware? Um, were they too um, good at being an information gatherer, but mm. then got in that paralysis by analysis and just couldn't make an action step? Or, you know, number three, they just, I don't know, they, they, they pursued something different. So I, I think you, you can, you know, people who've missed it, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, I think that you can fall in those categories. But he, here's the good news is that 
you know, look, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. Right. It's today. <laughs> right. So maybe point. some opportunities have slipped, yeah. uh, you know, at the recording of this podcast. I wish I would have bought some Bitcoin in 2010. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wish I would have bought, you know, Amazon stock in 1996. Sure. Um, so we can play this game. It, it, it's, it's a little bit of a waste of time thinking mm. about the opportunities you missed. What I would challenge our listeners to say, okay, is am I open to considering unexpected opportunities now? Mm-hmm. Right, Steve? And I couldn't think with, with what happened last year with the quarantine and the effects that have carried into 2021 and, you know, pe- businesses have been shut down. Uh, people's lives have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, I couldn't think of a better time to, to process information and say, okay, things are different. Um, am I available for, for finding out or, or pursuing what's possible, mm-hmm. right? What, what's new? Yeah. Where can I use my skill set and, and, and move that forward? Yeah, and that's a great point. And I immediately reflect on my last 12 months and – I'm a swim coach, so when the world gets shut down and you can't go to a pool, there's not a lot of use for me. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I, I say that knowing that I'm, I'm very fortunate to be part of a, an institution that was able to support me through that. But at the same time, what was I ready for? What was I willing to maybe take on? And, and this podcast, even though it's three years old, the past year, all of that usual external energy that I get to put into my life as a swim coach. Well, I, I redirected it. I redirected yeah. it into this. And it's yeah. led me to producing so many more episodes and so much more content and having conversations like this. So for me, I say, well, yes, we've gone through some difficult times recently. But here you are as someone who's your main generation of income today is doing what we're doing right here, is, yeah. is motivating people, is communicating yeah. with people. And your willingness to still be available over the last 12 months, even if it is in a format where we're looking into a screen, right? that doesn't change the fact that you're ready to be available, that you're yeah. willing to take opportunities. At, you know, So for me, this this is hitting me on every single level that I, yeah. I, I anticipated that it would. And everything about our show, obviously, we're always coming back to the competitor. And yep. what I love about everything you're presenting here so far, Johnny, is that these are all components that can add to a competitor's journey. This isn't necessarily, yeah. we're not necessarily describing you, the competitor. We're describing these many, many attributes and these many, many processes, let's say, that have allowed you to remain competitive and obviously compete right. to an Olympic standard. Right. But let's make it about the competitor now. Mm-hmm. Who is Johnny the competitor? What, what, dri- what maybe drove you in that time once you became a bobsledder? But also, what, what drives you today? What keeps you so hungry today? Yeah, Steve, great question. You know, what's interesting is I think all our listeners, us, you know, being in sports is we, I mean, people who are involved in sports understand goal setting, right? We're going to win the national championship. We're going to, you know, we're going to win the meet. We're going to win the race. We're going to win the game. We're going to accomplish these milestones in the weight room or or whatever. I mean, we are goal setting people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, when I was in, in college, it's, it's to go undefeated. It's, you know, I want to set all the weight room records. When I got to the NFL, I want to be, become a starter. Um, you know, when I got to the Olympics, I, I want to win a gold medal. I mean, th- those right. are the goals, right? And yeah. so you see them, you work towards that, and that, and that keeps you – when you've got a goal like that, it keeps you um, hungry, motivated, especially on the days when you don't feel like it, right? Because sure, feelings absolutely. are, you know, are fleeting. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is now that I'm outside of sport – 
um, and I'm in business, right? I'm a full-time mm. keynote speaker. I also own a um, uh, insurance business in Texas, a property and casualty business. Mm-hmm. Is I'm still goal setting, but I, I, I goal set in longer terms. Let me unpack this. In college, okay. I'm only there for four years, so I've got a four-year goal, right? I want to leave as a school's all-time le- receiver. I want to win all these conference championships. But that's a four-year goal. Yeah. Uh, getting ready for the Olympics. The Olympics happen every once every four years. So I've, I've got these goals. In business, I am. I, I am. I have short-term goals, but I'm looking 10, 20, 30 years down the road in business and in my relationships. Now, watch this. Watch this, mm. Steve. So, if I'm a, um, you know, a younger business professional, which I am, mm-hmm. and I have a 20-year goal, so. I want to, so I, I own two businesses. I'm married and I have a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. In 20 years from now, you know, I want to own four to five businesses, mm-hmm. right? I want to, you know, the largest group that I've spoken to to date was um, January of last year, right before COVID hit. I spoke to 5,000 people at Lockheed Martin. Wow. In 20 years from now, I want to speak to 25,000 people in one setting. Right. right, so I've got these audacious, massive goals, sure. but relationally, well, let me well, let me unpack this for you. In twenty years from now, um, I'm seven years into a marriage. I'll, you know, we'll be twenty-seven years into a marriage. Uh, my wife's name's Amanda. So, when I come home twenty years from now, and and I I hit that button in my car for the garage door to go up, yeah. do I want my wife to say, uh, "Johnny's home," or? Uh, Johnny's home, right? Yeah. You know, my, my daughter, she's two and a half years old. In 20 years, she's going to be 22. I, I want to have a, a, a thriving relationship um, with my daughter in 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Not, not to where, you know, she hates me and I'm not going to be her best friend. I'm going to be a loving dad. So think about this. I've got these long-term goals on what I want to accomplish business, relationally, um, and, and other areas of my life. And, and what this does, Steve, is it helps me align my daily actions today. Love right. It. it helps me um, understand where my efforts are going today mm-hmm. so that when I don't get a lot of sleep because my two year old is, is up mm-hmm. or, you know, things are going on in the business that are frustrating and tough. Um, I'm not uh, 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 immutable to to failure and adversity and obstacles, but I've got a long term goal. Sure. And so I can I, I can line my daily actions up. And so that that's Steve, that is the sports processes that we've all been, you know, all, all our listeners, everybody's been built into that. We're going to win a national championship. We're going to accomplish this. What that looks like in real life. Hmm. And I would encourage our listeners, if you haven't goal set, you know, maybe the last time you goal set was when you were part of a sports team. Sure. I'd encourage you to do that in, in, in your, your career and also relationally. Yeah. That's, that makes uh, sense. It makes complete sense. Okay. And again, I've your interview number 82, 83, something like that <laughs> in terms of how long I've been doing this show. And yeah. uh, there, there's, there's been a handful of moments before these interviews where I knew going into it, there was going to be so many, so many connections in terms of the way in which I approach things and the way in which you approach things. And I'm happy to say that I was right in that, you know, that's been confirmed because I, t- 10 years ago, I'm, I'm 35, you know, 10 years ago when I was coming off my time as an athlete, 
I think I went into collegiate coaching because I just wanted to keep fighting, keep competing, you know, live for the moment, live for the day, live for the season as well. You know, that was about as long term as it got for me, you know, yeah. what the next six months. And then suddenly I got to the age of 30 and I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you, you cannot keep this up. You cannot keep this up because all it's waiting for you is these five minute moments of absolute celebration and then these hours and hours and hours of just over an over analysis sometimes it goes down to a negative pathway and all this sort of stuff right relationships and long-term goals have to become more of a, yeah. of a day-to-day part of your being and yeah as it happened i already i already love making relationships so by prioritizing that it, it became something that brought about a newer version and more updated version let's say of myself yeah. that introduced me to my wife, that introduced me to the life I now have with two children under the age of two. So I've got Beautiful. you beat, I've, yeah. I've you, got you you beat there the, by one. Yeah, yeah. You, do. you know the, you know the, uh, the I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So for me, for, for me, my day-to-day competitiveness comes from prioritizing these relationships like you're talking yeah. about. And, yeah. and for me, that's the, that's the beauty in competition. That's the beauty yeah. in the day-to-day. And, yeah. and when we can actually realize that and, and feel that, yeah. Then we don't we don't press the snooze button three times in the morning. We just right. hop right out of bed. Right. And, you know right. those little right. those little those little tiny things. They yeah. they really do start to become more consistent in your day to day because I love how you put that. Like you come home and it's not it's it's not oh Johnny's here. It's right. Johnny's Johnny's here. home. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those little things. That's yeah. beautiful. That's that's yeah. just so beautiful. Um. There's a quote that um, there's a guy out of Oregon. His name's Dale Partridge, and this quote just Steve, it 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 knocked me down when I when I read it. Um, and it goes like this: It goes, success at work without success at home isn't really success at all. Hmm. And Steve, I you know, going through the Olympic Training Center and that movement, that I've been through every personality finder test, right? I've done a disc profile, strength finders. I mean, you name it. Hmm. Look, I, I'm a type A extrovert. You know, I mean, I get fired up. You can probably tell on the call, like, I'm, I'm engaged. You know, I'm an extrovert. I love to be around people. Uh-huh. Um, setting goals and going after them. I'm very good at putting blinders on. And, hey, we're going to accomplish this. But if you destroy the things that are most important. Yeah. Did you really win? Right. And, and so what it did, it just gave me a, it gave me a healthy perspective in that, you know what, I, I can thrive in both areas. Mm-hmm. I can thrive relationally and in a career, mm-hmm. but I have to prioritize my time. Yeah. I have to make sure I'm taking the right action steps. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's also introduced me, and it's clearly the case with you, to being comfortable with being busy as well. Yeah. Like, because yeah. if you're always always conscientious of the relationships then no there there is no day that can be too busy where you feel like you've potentially disregarded these these important relationships within your life you can have all of this on your plate and still put your head down at the end of the day and say i love my wife i spent yeah. time with my kids etc yeah. etc these sort of things were still paramount in terms of what i was doing and it does lead to a healthier yeah. version of you the competitor which is just yeah. it's fantastic and, and a lot of the time i'll ask you you know i'll ask my guests what what what's the future look like what does yeah. um everything you obviously alluded to that a little bit so one one question that's just come to mind while we're talking here johnny yeah. is what do you consider to be a win 
Like, how do you define winning, even if it's just on a day-to-day basis right now? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, there's three things I look at as a, as a uh, value-driven professional. Hmm. And we, we've got to do these three things. And if I'm doing them daily, then I'm, I'm winning in business, and then I'm winning in life. Hmm. Um, is number one, we have to make money. And that might, you know, I, we can unpack that a little bit. And I hope our listeners will understand my heart here. That is not from a sense of uh, greed or, um, you know, accumulation. Mm. It, 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 it's understanding that money is amoral. Money has no feelings whatsoever. Steve, if I had a $100 bill, um, I, I can use that $100 bill and, and spend it and use it on something that's good and healthy. Mm-hmm. Or I can use that same $100 bill and spending on something that's bad and destructive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to our listeners, I, I think, you know, all of us, we've grown up with maybe d- money is so important to mm-hmm. just how we live and operate our life is that I think a lot of times there's a misunderstanding on what money can do. And what mm-hmm. I found is there's there's only three things you can do with money. Um, and and you, we should really do all three. And the men and women that I've studied who are just thriving in business relationally is they do these three things. They give money, they save money, and they spend money. Mm. And so, so how I know I'm winning is do I have a proper understanding and control of money? Mm. So as a business professional, we, we have to make money. Second thing and third thing that kind of go together is um, am I reducing frustration and am I solving problems? So am I making money? Am I reducing frustration? Am I solving problems? What that does, it, it kind of gives me a treasure map on the actions I'm taking. Because in any client-centric business, to our listeners here that are out, out of sport now and in your career, yeah. um, don't your clients want less problems? Don't you? Right? <laughs> yeah. um, don't you, your clients want you to solve problems? Yeah, yes. and, and, and so do you. So yeah. those are the three things, kind of my diagnostics that I check in on. Mm. And it, it's and I got that concept from a guy by the name of Donald Miller, but it's it's three things of being a value-driven professional, and that's how I know if I'm winning. Mm. Am I managing those three uh, properly? Yeah, that's, so probably that's... unique twist on, on you probably weren't expecting. No, well, that. you know what's it's it's funny that number two and three. Yeah, I I completely understand it and can say that I'm I'm definitely conscientious of. But the yeah. the first one there of money is something that I personally need to hear. Yeah. Um, that was my immediate thought there where you started explaining it as this uh, a moral thing. Is it is, yeah. I Before I went into coaching, I tried the money-driven career where it was right. about the money, but I didn't have any, I didn't, I didn't have anybody that was going to benefit from what I did with that money. So right. it, didn't, it didn't have any value to me to actually yeah. strive towards building it. I, didn't, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find that emotional connection to right. what I was doing. Yeah. And then now here right. I am, working a job which collegiate coaching for anybody listening out there in olympic sports <laughs> there's a ceiling there's a ceiling yeah, guys to that <laughs> job um in, in terms of in terms of that career yeah the relationship stuff the problem solving and and, and, and fixing issues and things like yep. that is 100 percent a part of my day-to-day yeah but financially now between myself and my wife we have this understanding where those three things that you talked about there yeah. of, of of spending it of saving it and of of being able to provide it and, and right. help others with it too is a huge part of what we do and, and so yeah. that for me is is just wonderful to hear and i think yeah. i'm glad you shared it because i'm i I guarantee you there's people hearing that that have maybe had this stigma when it comes to the discussion of money and understanding that you can put the definition on what that 
money actually means. Right, right. What's so interesting is that, you know, many of us, we've seen it from different angles. We, we've mm. seen money be abused, mm. right? We, we've seen, um, you know, just, just we, so we have these different, you know, ways we look at it. And, you know, when I study ultra performers, I, again, I look for men and women in sport and business, and I look for common denominators, yeah. That's what I want. I don't want one-offs. I want, hey, is there a principle here? Like, is there foundational work here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, the couple things I found is many of them are avid readers, right? Mm-hmm. Readers are leaders. That's the old cliche. Yeah. Um, many of them have, have a morning routine or an evening. They, they have some type of routine. They do most of them are early birds. Right. And then a lot of them win with money. And I didn't understand that till they, they unpacked it, but there's really three things you can do with it. Yeah. And they had a healthy gauge on all three. Mm-hmm. And so as a leader, as a, as a, a again, a value-driven professional in my career, well, I want to do that well, sure. right? I want to, I want to have that, see that fruit come in my life um, in margin and, 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 and relational peace and things like that. And so um, I, I think that's one of the things that gets overlooked because Steve, it, it can kind of be, um, uh, weird to talk about. Sure, I can kind of have a you know a, a, a creepy feeling to it, and I and I just want to bring it to the table, saying, guys, money's amoral. You know, it, it doesn't have any feelings. You you get to direct where where you put it. So yeah. I think there's some, there's some healthy conscientious behind that. Yeah, very much so, very much so. And um, it's funny you, you've this is one of my favorite things about this podcast and being the host of it is that. I get challenged enough by guests sometimes where I'm so busy thinking about the many, many things that you're <laughs> putting on the table here that I'm forgetting that I'm actually I'm actually still running a show here and I'm trying to keep the conversation going. I've got this all these good. different thoughts yeah. going on, man. Yeah, and you're challenging me and I love it. And again, it's, it's when I first set out on this journey with this show almost three years ago, like these were the conversations that I was seeking. And I am... Um, Johnny, I'm I'm just so appreciative for this opportunity to speak with you, to learn from you. I know there's going to be listeners everywhere making notes at the same speed that I was making notes while we were talking. And um, before I let you go, please, please, please let people know where they can find out more about your journey, about your services, just everything. Absolutely. So I'm on all the social media platforms, same username. It's at johnnyquinnusa.com would love to connect you with you on your favorite social media platform at johnnyquinnusa.com and then my website is johnnyquinnusa.com so a lot there of consistency go. there <laughs> if you've enjoyed uh you know the content that steve and i have shared and and you know kind of maybe how i unpack some things i, I write quite a few articles and so if you literally go to johnnyquinnusa.com and click articles and the you know, top right-hand corner where everybody's menu is on a website, you, you can read through, um, I, I've written down my morning routine. I, I've written down my evening routine. I've written down what I eat for breakfast. I've re- written down um, some of the technology that I use to maximize time. Mm. And so I've got all that in an easy to read format. It's all free. Um, but if you like to div- dig deeper and I call it how to think like an Olympian, yeah. um, I've got all that written down, johnnyquinnusa.com and just click on articles and, uh, and you'll have fun there. That's awesome. That's great stuff. I encourage everybody to go check it out. I've certainly perused it a little bit myself and intend to dig a little deeper into it too. Um, Johnny, one of my long-term goals is to take this show on the road and I, I pray that one day we can do this in person. It would just be a, a, an absolute riot, maybe before an audience of 25,000 people, something like that. But uh, <laughs> that would be wonderful. But I thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, such a pleasure and uh, just great luck with everything and going into this year. Okay, mate? Steve, thanks so much. Appreciate it. I'll see you in person soon, hopefully. Absolutely. (laughs) 
And my thanks again to Johnny for joining us on the show today. I told you it would be worth your listening. And wow, wow, wow. Just some fantastic stuff courtesy of Johnny there. Just breaking it all down. I think it's it's actually the the interview itself is 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 gonna provide so much food for thought for you guys. So I'm gonna take that interview and I'm gonna condense it down into three bullet points that I think speak exactly about what it is that I personally took from it. Firstly, can you recover from a failure? Secondly, are you available for unexpected opportunity? And finally, do you have a what's next attitude? These three things for me truly summarize everything that was fantastic about this discussion. And in relation to pulling any more points away from this particular episode, I'm going to leave it to you guys to do that on your own because I think there was just so much fantastic content here that if I was to try and make this too specific, I would be doing uh, doing a disservice to the potential uh, of the amount of content that you could take away from our discussion here with Johnny today. So again, I'm just so appreciative of his time. I'm obviously, as always, so thankful that you would take the time to listen to this particular episode of the Career Competitor Podcast. In the meantime, in the meantime, how about you go ahead into your next work week thinking on these three things that I just listed there, recovering from failure, being available for unexpected opportunity, having a what's next attitude. What a fantastic way to maybe approach your next work week that's coming up, your next work day, maybe just the next hour of your day. Maybe you're listening to this during your lunch break and it's time to take on the second half of the day with a new open mind towards these sort of things. I encourage you all to try and apply, give some of this stuff the opportunity, the time it deserves within your career. And again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, career underscore competitor. Make sure you subscribe to the show while you're listening to me right now. Make sure you're leaving us a rating. And in the meantime, guys, best of luck with everything you've got going on within your world, within your career. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now. 